Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome to Laying the Points, a sports betting podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. Uh, my name is Matt Lamarca. I'm an employee of Fantasy Labs and the Action Network, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Uh, Kyle, how's everything going? It is going well. We are up. I want to say bright and early, but that's actually like it's that's, bright that's and early just... for me, my dude. It's no disrespectful question. to people who actually get up early and do things with their lives instead of just talking about sports betting. <laughs> it's disrespectful to the non-degenerates. It is uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, and to say that's bright and early does disservice to some people. But for me and you, apparently, we are we are up grinding as always. This is like more at, like many hours before I would wake up voluntarily on a Saturday. Let me just throw that out there. That's degenerate. That's truly degenerate. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just, some people, when they grow up, they like to wake up, at, you know, at a reasonable hour. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 30 next month, and I'm still very, very capable of sleeping until like two in the afternoon. So just a little insight into my life. Uh, <laughs> we also, we've been learning some things about the NFL. Uh, my biggest takeaway, probably shouldn't play American football in Canada. Uh, but we've also got Daniel Jones, basically the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Well, Jacoby Myers is the greatest receiver in the history of the NFL. So, <laughs> I was gonna say, you got any uh, any good any good take so far from preseason? I mean, not really, because it's preseason and who cares? But uh, Jacoby Myers looks good, man. Yeah, and it seems like less and less. Uh, just like starters even play, you know, like week three is historically like, you know, all right, the starters are going to get some run. And I feel like that's barely even happened. So preseason becoming even less meaningless now. Yeah. I mean, it really like, I, I, I doubt any book will ever move except for a major injury, any lines, but like if something were to happen that causes like public perception to slam one way, just like short that, just fade that all the way because preseason means nothing. All right. Before we get into today's show, I want to remind you guys about the Rotoviz Patreon. Uh, if you become a Rotoviz patron, you can gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcasts and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 a month. Become a road of his patron today by signing uh, by signing up at patreon.com slash road of his radio to join an exclusive community of listeners. And if you need an incentive to sign up, we're giving away five FFPC $35 entries this weekend to Patreon subscribers. Uh, I'm in one of those right now, and I can tell you they're fun. <laughs> you know, if you haven't done the best ball thing before, uh, you really need to because in my opinion, it's the perfect way to play fantasy football. You just draft your team, and that's it. The best part of the league with none of the 
minutia that can wear you down a little bit. Uh, just sign up before Sunday to Rotoviz Patreon to get a chance to win one of those five entries into a $35 uh, FFPC league. Also want to remind everyone, you can get a listeners-only 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it supports the pod. Plus, for a limited time only, we are offering a two-year sub, which includes a 10% discount and complimentary access to Patreon and the radio Slack channel for the 2019 season. That's right. Get 10% off a two-year subscription and enjoy unlimited access to the Rotovis Slack channel throughout the 2019 season. Again, just head to rotovis.com slash podcast, sign up via the two-year RV Radio subscription, and we'll email you the Slack access details within 48 hours. So rotovis.com slash podcast. Honestly, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. So head over there and become a part of the road of his family. You know, we're very welcoming. We, we want you, we want you to be part of the team. Just show up and say like, Hey guys, uh, you know, really excited to see what Jeff Janis can do this season. You'll feel right at home. (laughs) This is part seven of our eight part NFL preview series. We're almost there, Kyle. We're officially like, if this was the Kentucky Derby, we'd be entering the home stretch. Uh, today we're looking at the AFC South. We've already done the entire NFC as well as the AFC East and the AFC North. So make sure to check those out if you missed them. Uh, all lines today will be courtesy of my bookie, who is our presenting sponsor. And we will start with the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, so full disclosure, we recorded this podcast uh, Saturday morning with the intention of releasing it on Sunday. But then uh, something pretty crazy last night happened. Uh, I'm sure you guys are aware. Andrew Luck decided to uh, to hang it up. Um, not nobody really expected it, but uh, you know, I, I think it's a good decision for him. You know, the guy's already got plenty of money, and you know what is what good is all that money if you're just going to be in tremendous pain your whole life. Um, I'm sure that we'll still see him doing something. I like I would be surprised if he's not in the booth or, you know, working for ESPN or something to that extent. Um but we figured that releasing the podcast, you know, talking about the Colts, uh, when their win total was nine and a half would be pretty much useless at this point. So we're gonna we're we're hopping back in. Uh Kyle, let's talk about the the Colts. We're gonna update our thoughts on them. Uh their win total has dropped to just Six and a half. They're now twenty-five to one to win the AFC, fifty to one to uh, win the Super Bowl, and you can get them at around five to one to win the division. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the Colts now with J- Jacoby Brissett at the helm as opposed to Andrew Luck? Um, I think. Well, you know, first of all, like you said, good for Andrew Luck. If anybody like. Yeah, of course. I'll miss him. He's God. He's such a good player. I love so watching fun him to play. Watch, yeah, and I love if you get like the uh, the mic'd up moments where he just like good tackle, big guy for everyone who just blasts him to the ground. But really, like he's made the bag ten times over. He has no need for money, and if he ever did need money, he'll he'll do media. Like good for him. Get out while you still have your body. Like it's it's like at the end of uh, end of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy when uh. When Alfred sees Bruce Wayne, he just gives him a little nod and a wink. Yeah. He's like, go, go be happy. That's Good for awesome. you, Andrew. That's a great comp right there. 
But uh, in terms of you know the Colts, I, I would be selling them as drastically as possible. They went four and twelve their last time. They had Jacob Brissett, and you want to say, oh well, like he'll have more experience now. He's older, but like he hasn't like he hasn't done anything since. They, it's not like they were prepared for this. You know, uh, Andrew Luck said he's been mulling it over, and he's talked with uh, with their GM and their staff over the past two weeks. Two weeks is not a long time when we've got the season coming up in about a, a week, two weeks. So. You know, they're basically going to have, if they knew, which I don't think this got disseminated down to Jacoby Bursette until like a day ago or whatever at best, like two days ago. So really, they're going to have two weeks to prepare, which is roughly a similar timeline to what they had last time. They uh, acquired Jacoby Bursette, but he didn't play the first game. Uh, Scott Tolzien played. Let's all forget that ever happened. But like, he's not a great quarterback. He's not that good. Coming out of college, he was like a very not good prospect. He was like a low college QBR, really low under sub seven yards per attempt in college. Uh, like not a great athlete. There's just nothing to like about him. And when you look at these weapons, like they've got a bunch of pieces, but like, it's not like if, if the Texans, if Deshaun Watson goes down, I'm like, well, Deandre Hopkins is still going to like single handedly win a game. JJ Watts single handedly going to win a game. Where do you find those gigantic playmakers on this offense? It's not like T Y Hilton's not in that threshold. Um, despite his uh, 100 touchdowns last year, Eric Ebron's on that threshold. I would be selling them at under six and a half. Like, I, I don't really want to, you know, make such a rash, rash decision on them right now. But gut instinct says under six and a half. And this really is just a gigantic boon for uh, I'm, you know, we're fading the Titans. So I don't know about them, but a gigantic boon for the Texans and a smaller, more baby buying opportunity for the Jacksonville Jaguars even. Yeah, I mean, for sure I am fading them to win the AFC and to win the Super Bowl at those numbers. I think that those are, like, still drastically too high. Um, the six and a half, I mean, it's a little bit closer, but I still think you take the under there as well. Um, it's just, it's very sad. I and mean, Can we all just take a second to blame Jim Irsay? The, the guy has been blessed with Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck. And he just did nothing for them. He won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. In, well, you know, probably 20 Yeah, it was years? like 20-ish years. But Andrew Luck just got so beat up those early years. I mean, both of them did. Both of those guys just got turned to dust because Jim Irsay did, chose not to invest in an offensive line. Uh, it, it's really, it's just, it's, it's, it's his fault. I'm blaming him, and I'm not... Nothing can change my mind on that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think whatever decisions went into how they treated his health, both as like a person and a player, um, I, I'm sure there are like medical staff people who in their right mind should have been like, dude, you cannot play. Like, this is not good for you. But I mean, I guess, I don't know. That's football. That's the the sport we love. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's not cool. I, I mean, I've, I'm, again... There are people out there who are calling him soft or saying he abandoned his team. That's all absurd. That's just actually... A, just, exactly. It's so such a bad take. Like, this guy has literally played football his whole life. I, I, he loves it more than anything from what you know, from what we all know about Andrew Luck. Like, I'm sure there's nothing he would rather do than lead his team onto the field, but he just physically can't do it, so... I, again, yeah, it's a fade here, and I, I agree. Like, let's let's just give a real quick updated take on the Texans. Uh, you you really like the Texans. I was a little more skeptical because of the schedule, but 
things are going to look a lot better for them now that they don't have to go through Indianapolis. They just banked two free wins. I mean, I don't see them, even away, really having a, a bad game against Jacoby Brissett. You know, even if it's in Lucas Oil, I'm not concerned with that game anymore. And obviously hosting them, I think that's a cakewalk. Right. And while their uh, conference futures uh, and and divisional futures might move a touch, I'm still seeing their win total stu- uh, at uh, 8.5. So I thought that was weird, too, that they just scored two free wins and their win total didn't move a ton, but their conference did. So I think... Um, Earlier, didn't was this was this a text where we said that their out of conference schedule makes their win total a little bit sketchy, but because we think they could beat up in conference, now it's almost the reverse where their in conference has been priced up close to where it should be. I still think I'm finding around plus one thirty, plus one fifty, somewhere in that range. I think they're the cream of the crop for this conference, and it's not even close. Jacksonville is like a stone throw away. I think they have some sneaky potential. Titans and Colts now don't have a chance. So I think plus 130 is still good value. But I think the real value now is on that eight and a half. I'd be slamming that. I am slamming that. I agree. I mean, the juice moved, but uh, yeah, eight and a half seems light. They won 11 games last year. The schedule is tough, but those two games against the Colts just got a whole lot easier. So uh, they're now looking like they're going to be favored in nine out of 16 games uh, and slight underdogs and a couple others. So uh, I like the I like the Texans now a whole lot more than when we recorded this thing. Uh, I agree that Jacksonville gets a bump, and I even think Tennessee now has a chance to go over eight as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, as much as I was dogging on them, this is nothing but a good thing for them, obviously. So I, I think they just became a little more. Um, I think you moved to like that they're, they're uh, a reasonable bet, and I moved to where you were last time. I'm on the under, but I don't feel as good anymore. Right. Okay. Well. Oh, other breaking news or breaking of last night. Lamar Miller, how does this change your Texans' futures? Um, uh, you talked about how much you hated him. If anything, it improves And you talked about how much running backs don't matter. So Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I actually had this debate last night with somebody. But, like, is Duke Johnson the guy for the Texans now? Or are they going to bring in some, you know, like, plotting running back and give him a bunch of carries? They won. That is that is probably the most likely outcome that they either bring in a plotting running back or they just like find one off their practice squad. Uh, but I, I would be I would say they are a sneaky, sneaky, quiet contender for the Melvin Gordon lottery. Ooh. Uh, I, I don't think it's very likely because you just like history says blockbuster trades like this don't happen very often. But if they um, are a believer in that running backs matter, and as we see, like most organizations still believe that given, you know, how much the Cowboys are willing to offer Zeke second most money and he's still not taking it. Um, you know, most organizations still believe running backs play a big role in how much you win. I would assume this organization is no different. I could see them, you know, in my mind's eye, I can conceive a world where they trade for Melvin Gordon. But I do think it's in terms of fantasy value, you know, that's uh I would be just, and and I'm sure you can find props for this too, or at least you will be able to in the coming days. Um, give me all the all the Duke Johnson overs. I think, like you said, you were saying he's a good player. I thought so too, but I didn't think he was going to get the chance. Now he's got all the chance. We think he's a good player, and this is also for me a big boom for, or a little boom for Deshaun Watson, who they're not going to run the ball as much. I just don't see a world where they've been confident riding Lamar Miller as their bell cow back. Now they have nothing, and they don't pass more. I think. This is all the more reason to just slam the Deshaun Watson over for uh, passing yards. It was like 
I don't know, 41 or 200, something like that. Yep, and and his MVP odds. Uh, we're we're still going to keep all the props that we talk about at the end. So absolutely, I'm more confident. Like they're so locked into like a high win total, which is something you need for the MVP. Uh, and I'm not sure, like as you move more tangentially away from the ripples of Andrew Luck retiring, that we'll see this affect anybody's MVP odds outside of obviously Andrew Luck. So I, I think I, I doubt that gets adjusted very much for Deshaun Watson, despite it being a better value now that they just locked in more wins. And that's something you have to have for a quarterback to win MVP. Absolutely. All right. So updated thoughts. Uh, we're, we're selling the Colts. We're buying the Texans. And obviously we have improved outlooks for the Jaguars and the Titans. So uh, just wanted to come in and give a little update on that. We're going to let the rest of the podcast right now. And uh, I hope I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for uh, for for bearing with us on this one. Yeah, thanks everyone. Uh, back to your regularly scheduled podcast, and of course, I guess Andrew Luck will have more time to listen now. So uh, thanks for your service, Andrew. Yes, thank you. And you know what? Shout outs to uh, Captain Andrew Luck, uh, the the best Twitter account out there. I hope that guy doesn't have to find like a real job now. You know, maybe he'll find another NFL player that he can set up a civil timey war account to. <laughs> what is, what is Blake Bortles, uh, Twitter guy, uh, Blake Bortles facts been up to? Yeah, man. Rough, rough, rough going rough for the AFC for meme, South. For meme football Twitter accounts in general. <laughs> All right. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. It's time to move on to a team that these odds, I, do these make your eyes pop? Because uh, I was definitely season, a little surprised. This is I, I'm more than a little surprised, and maybe it's the you know I I saw what Deshaun Watson did in his first two years, and any any conceptions I had about him coming out of college were just dashed. I really think he is an incredibly talented quarterback, like up there with the league's best, and his rushing ability like that could sort of change like. That can add another incredibly dynamic factor to a quarterback who's already one of the best passers in the league. Uh, when you look at, you know, adjusted yards per attempt over eight, both of his, I mean, 8.4, 8.5, those are crushing league averages. Interception percent last year was great, fell to 1.8% after having a rocky start to his career. I don't want to say rocky because he was incredible in his first, uh, I believe he played uh, seven games. He played, played seven games, started in six, though. In those games, he threw touchdowns at an incredible rate, 9.3%. Like the uh, That would have been, I think, like the top two all-time interception or uh, touchdown rate. But he was throwing a lot of picks, which is concerning for a rookie. 3.9%. That's an incredible amount of interceptions. That comes crashing back down to earth at less than 2%. So he cleans up the one large looming mistake he had last year. Uh, throws for over 4,000 yards. Texans make the playoffs. They, they won the division, too, which is... I. The Colts' love just seems so out of whack compared to how close the Texans are to them. Plus three fifty to win the division. I am I am laying stacks on that. Yeah, it's definitely an appealing. Uh, it's an appealing value. I mean, I love Deshaun Watson. I thought that all the stuff about him coming into the league was was frankly like garbage. I know that uh, <laughs> ball velocity Twitter was like a big thing back then. Has anything come and gone quicker? Than ball velocity Twitter, Jeff Janis. <laughs> no <laughs> way, man. Jeff Janis has hung around forever. I know he'll be in the back of our minds. No, I mean that was like the ultimate, uh, the ultimate uh, false flag operation was ball velocity. <laughs> the guy, the guy played in a like one of the tougher environments in college football. He had to play Alabama like every year because they were in the championship and just dominated. But because he didn't throw 
you know, the hardest ball at the combine, people were scared of him. So I scooped all the Deshaun Watson that year and he made me some stacks while he was while he was playing. So I'm I will always be a Deshaun Watson uh Deshaun Watson truther. Um that said, I am slightly concerned this year because they go from facing the easiest schedule in the league last year to the fifth hardest this year. Um particularly their defense has to face like a, a mammoth increase in quarterbacks that they're going to face. Uh, if you look at the quarterbacks that they faced last year, I'm not even joking. They had one of the easiest schedules that you will ever see. They had to face Brock Osweiler, Blaine Gabbard, Blake Bortles, Cody Kessler, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Nathan Peterman, Marcus Mariota, Dak Prescott, Eli Manning, Nick Foles, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield. Like, you couldn't even, you couldn't pick 12 worse guys off the street to face. Like, how many starters did you name? It was like their whole schedule. It was, (laughs) it was, uh, like Bortles was a quote starter, but he's a backup now. Uh, sure. Baker at the end, Darnold. Um, that might have been it. Yeah. That is, so for me, that kind of, I, I agree. I mean, that is like the ultimate, you cannot run hotter as a team. By facing bad quarterback play, because I mean, we talk about all the time. Quarterback play is what can what will make or break your team. Like that is undoubtedly uh, the largest factor in having a successful season. And uh, conversely, getting to play awful quarterbacks will similarly. I mean, usually you don't hit those kinds of high variance outcomes because like that's that's just incredible. So for me, that does that is a, a major concern. But the one thing I would uh, uh, bring up is that they would have faced. Andrew Luck twice right. They would have faced. I, I honestly don't care if they faced Marcus Mariota or Blaine. Like Marcus Mariota, like Blaine Gabbard's bad. Marcus Mariota's not that good. Like I'm not like ah. Oh, they have to face Mark, guys. They have to face Marcus Mariota, and they get to face Nick Foles. Their division, their division schedule as a whole doesn't seem that hard, but their out of division schedule last year was like the the hottest run you'll ever find. So for me, that does say that I, I can see where this eight and a half line. That's their over under eight and a half wins. And uh, minus 135, a little juiced on the under. One, I'd take the over anyways. But two, I just think their division schedule didn't change that much. Plus 350 to win the division is probably where it's at. And then maybe uh, you don't get as bullish on them as you move to AFC in the Super Bowl. Does that uh, does that logic string too, string like string yeah. together with you? I definitely like the odds to win the division more than the odds to win more than eight and a half games. Again, just going back to the schedule, I don't want to harp on this point too much, but... They have to play the NFC South this year. But but this is going to be, you know, every team in this division is going to have to play the NFC South. So, you know, even if the Texans number maybe is not as their, like, win upside isn't as high, it's going to be the same for v- virtually the whole division. So uh, that the logic, I think, makes a lot of sense where you just take them to win the division as opposed to... Uh, to winning the nine games plus. And again, if you want to bet both, I think that's fine too. Uh, I, I think eight and a half is is soft. I would still take the the over pretty clearly. It's just that it's not the same expected values. I like they should be like they should be almost the exact same odds as the Colts. I think the Colts are with a healthy Andrew Luck, a slightly better team. But the ambiguity around Andrew Luck makes them I, I'd say like dead even with the Texans to win the division with 
Jacksonville and Tennessee, like scraping up those tiny percentiles on the on the ends. But it's not even close to that. Plus 350 just seems like, in, you know, incredible value, basically relative to the Colts. Yeah, I buy that. Um, you know, the one thing that this team has that the Colts do not is that they are spending more on their defense than any other team in football. You know, and they have guys at, at basically every position that you feel pretty comfortable with. I mean, particularly, you know, the J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney bookends. If they ever get a season where both of those guys just stay healthy... That could be a really, you know, fearsome pass rush. Um, they also have, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who's just a blue chip stud wide receiver, just maybe the best receiver in the league. Um, and I liked the uh, the Duke Johnson signing or trade. I, like, I think that was that was good uh, for their depth. Like, Lamar Miller is somebody who has been has been looking to be replaced for the past two years, but they just haven't had the bodies to do it. You know, they drafted Dante Foreman. But he got hurt. And the only guy really behind Miller was Alfred Blue, who, like, is just awful. He's just he's just not a good running back. So, like, uh, you know, they've 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 really have tried to bench Miller. They just haven't had anybody to do it. So Duke Johnson, I think, fits what this offense wants to do pretty well. Uh, You know, and the numbers for Watson when he has Hopkins and he has Will Fuller together are just insane. Like, I think he averages two more yards per attempt in games with Will Fuller. So if that guy could ever stay healthy, I think this do- this team does have very big upside. Uh, I'm a little, like I said, I'm just a little bit nervous about the schedule, but I do think that this team has a lot of talent and has has solid upside. Yeah, because of the, uh, the schedule you bring up, plus 135 to make the playoffs, it seems like their odds of making the playoffs through a wild card slot are uh, risky at best. Just because, I mean, NFC South, that's, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's your number one division in the NFL. And for me, it's like 1A, 1B. It is like, on, a, on an off day, you could convince me that that's the best division in the NFL. Uh, they could go like one and three against those guys. So I, I like 135 to make the playoffs is not nearly as good value as plus 350 to win the division. I think that's something that diving into the uh, into the schedule actually really gives you an advantage over is finding where teams are going to get their wins. Yeah, I mean, their schedule is, uh, it's, it's very unfriendly to start. So their first seven games, they have to go at New Orleans to open the season. Home Jacksonville, they're going to be favored. Uh, away Chargers, home Panthers, home Falcons, away Chiefs, and away Jesus. Colts. So that's like underdogs right now. We have them forecast to be underdogs in four of the first seven games that they play. Um, and it, it doesn't get much easier after that. I mean, they have home Raiders, so that's obviously an, an easy game. But then they go away Jags, bye, away Baltimore, home Indy, home New England. So they're open, like the beginning to middle of their schedule is brutal. And then their last four games are where it really softens up. Home Broncos, away Titans, away Bucks, home Titans. They get Titans twice at the end? Two of the last three weeks. It goes Titans, Bucks, Titans. So this is a team where if you like them, the move might be to fade them at the beginning and then buy them if they're sitting at like four and four or something like that. No, when you were saying that, that was my exact thought, is that you wait for them to get beat up on the early schedule, and then when people are writing them off, 
and they're not looking ahead to Titans and Titans and Raiders, that's when you you slam them to make the playoffs or even win the division. Because a lot of what you said early in the season is, I mean, you know, you only get six games in in your division. So a lot of what you said is out of division. That's uh, they're going to be uh, uh, out of division, really getting beat up in their division. They'll have their two easiest games still coming down the line. And even uh, Jacksonville is their third easiest game. So they'll have a lot of their easy in-division games coming down the line. I love I love what you're uh, you're proposing here. It seems uh, nefarious that we just uh, talk down. The, we talk down the Texans every week. We're like, ah, oh, Texans suck. They can't get it together. <laughs> and then week eight comes around and we just start putting all the all the funds on them. all the giblets. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. All right, it's it's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. I mean, he's supposedly he's on the Raiders. Nobody knows. He's on the sidelines for now. <laughs> he's in hot air balloons. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. I don't, you know, continue to score with that opening, uh, that opening unit in the preseason. Jets, baby, getting a little frisky. And of course, Odell Beckham is now in Cleveland. Uh, the one thing that hasn't changed, that's where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Uh, they have better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're also hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least a hundred grand, and it costs just a hundred bucks to enter. Uh, all you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread each week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Seriously, I am so excited to be in this. Uh, I got to get my entries in there. I am going to. I'm calling my shot. I'm going to win the first my bookie handicapping super contest. Oh, you are. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why MyBookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, and they pay. Uh, MyBookie also has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Uh, Sign up now and get up to a 100... uh, I almost just said 100,000. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You can double your first deposit. Use code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. So visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, when creating your account to claim the bonus. Uh, That is MyBookie.com or .ag. You bet, you win, and you get paid. All right. yeah, I guess I'll have to be doing the the props. My bookie actually has really good props right now, and I'll have to be hammering those since you've kind of already got the uh, the super contest locked up. Don't even sign up, guys. No, I'm kidding. Sign up. <laughs> I want that prize pool to be sign nice. up. Just be content, like second place. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's go, Jacksonville Jaguars. They uh, are at eight wins here over under, but juiced up to the under minus one forty. They are five to one to win the division. Uh, plus 230 to make the playoffs, 22 to 1 to win the AFC, and 50 to 1 
to win the Super Bowl. So Jacksonville, to me, is an interesting team. They went from, you know, two years ago having the Patriots on the ropes in the playoffs. Like, with some better play calling, they could have conceivably been a Super Bowl team. No, I mean, they, they botched that. That was their game to win, and they just handed it off. And then last year, they dipped to one of the worst teams in the league, won just five games. So what are you buying for Jacksonville in 2019? I'm struggling with this because I think uh, I mean I'm I'm fading them to win the Super Bowl, fading them to the AFC. I don't even think they'll make the playoffs because they've got two killers in their division that I don't think they really stand much of a chance against. So maybe I'll just make my way to the props. But I do think they are. I I sort of given the juice, be interested in taking the over. They still have one of the best defenses in the league. I think it's at this point I'm confident in saying they got an upgrade at quarterback. How much they got. That sort of remains uh, remains to be told, but I, I'm confident that Blake Bortles is not a starting level quarterback, and uh, Nick Foles could be. I don't know if he is for sure, but there's a decent chance he is. And I, I actually think they got uh, as a, a hand me down John DiFilippo an upgrade in a guy who just likes passing. He's been top ten in passing the two times he's been an offensive coordinator. He was with the Browns a few years ago, and they were, I believe, eighth in passing, or they were fourth. And then the Vikings were eighth or vice versa. But uh, the two times he's gotten the chance to run an offense, he loves passing. I'm not sure why he loves passing, but you and I love passing. So, I mean, it's that's how you win games. You pass. I, I, I think the weapons around him are probably the best since Allen Robinson was there. I mean, better than the past, what, two years? I guess Allen Robinson was I mean, there two the years They're all the same guys. They're just a little bit older now. Yeah, but they're also they're also healthier too, which we haven't seen for a while. Chark started the season unhealthy last year, although I think he might be injured again. Don't don't look into that too much. But I do like also Leonard Fournette uh, healthier now than he's been for now in the past uh, last year, and they want to get him more involved in the passing game, which that's really how you make any use out of a running back. Yep. I I, I like some of the things they're saying and some of the decisions they've made. I like. Does, this feels weird because it's Jacksonville, and they're they're bad. I know they're bad, but I kind of feel like taking the over. I'm with you. I think I like the over, too. And uh, you mentioned the pass game involvement for Leonard Fournette. I believe they, they had their third preseason game yesterday, and Fournette was on the field for every third down that the starters played, and he had three targets in the passing game. So definitely could be... Some some more involvement for him in that department, and that would obviously be a very good thing. Uh, where this team really obviously is going to make their money is with the defense. And it, I think if you go just like top to bottom, this still might be the best defense in the league. I mean, Jalen Ramsey kind of had a weird year where he struggled at the beginning, but he, he really turned things on late. They have A.J. Bouye at the other cornerback, uh, and then their defensive line is ferocious. You know, Calais Campbell and Marcel Darius in the middle with Yannick Ngakwe and then Josh Allen, who they just drafted on the outside. That is a ferocious pass rush. Um, You don't, you know, defensive lines don't get as much attention as some of the other positions, like the quarterback, obviously, or, but even things like wide receivers, I feel like get more attention than the defensive line, but no unit can like wreck a game more than a defensive line. Those guys are going to make life miserable for opposing offenses this year. So uh, I like what they're about. Um, their their passing schedule for this year and their offensive schedule in general expected to be very easy. One of the easiest in the league. So uh, Nick Foles, you know, uh, 
not my choice of who I'd want to be my quarterback, but would you take him over Blake Bortles? Yes, I would. I was just going to say I would yeah, definitely take upgrade. him over Blake Bortles. What about Cody Kessler? <laughs> yeah, Cody Kessler is uh, is real, real bad. Um, and I do enjoy me some some Day Day Westbrook. I think he's going to have a good year for them. So I think there's enough here, given the uncertainty with the Colts. Um, you know, I think that you can you can take a look at this team now. They are right now only forecast to be favored in three games, which is uh, a little bit concerning considering their over-under is at eight. But they are, uh, you know, short underdogs in a bunch of games. So, uh, you know, right now I'm looking, they don't figure to be more than a touchdown underdog really in any contest this year. And unlike the Texans, you know, a lot of their tougher games this year, they do get the benefit of being at home. So they get to play the Chiefs at home. They get to play the Saints at home, and they get to play the Chargers at home. So that's big compared to the Texans, who had to play, I believe, all three of those teams on the road. That's a big, big difference in schedule. So uh, give me the Jaguars over here. I I think that this is a nice bounce-back spot for them. Yeah, I think uh, another thing you brought up with Ramsey is that the the guys at PFF have shown that uh, cornerback play, although it can have a major impact, is not it's, it's it's inconsistent year to year, and we saw that last year. From Ramsey had a down season relative to two years ago. He got better at the end of the season, but I think it would just make sense for him not to have an up year, but just not to have the sort of downswing he had last year. Just uh, you know, the general regression of the mean, as the road of his guys love to say. So I, I'm on this defense sort of being able to take over games again, and this offense. I'm really interested in buying, and I'm gonna. You'll see me on the props, but over eight wins, I like that as well, especially given the juice. I do think this team probably has a pretty cap ceiling because I don't think they're really close to being a better team than the Colts or the Texans. But can they take off some of those wins at home that they get the the major advantageous, uh, the edge over the Texans? They can get some of those wins at home, yes. And could they beat the Titans up two times and then steal a game or two off of Houston and the Colts combined? Sure. So I think over eight I like, but after that, it's sort of, it just seems like there's no way they'll get ahead of any of the, the killers in their division or outside. I don't know. I might buy them in, in some of these, uh, some of the longer props, like to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl. Like defense, if their defense shows up and is, you know, back to being that, you know, absolute monster, best, best defense in the league type of season, those teams can have a say in the playoffs. You know, like Chicago last year without some, some poor kicking. You know, we could have been talking about them as a Super Bowl team. We almost saw the Jags do it two years ago. So I think that this team does offer some upside at, you know, 50 to 1 or 22 to 1 to win the AFC. I can get on board with that. I really think this offense has like a decent amount of upside. I think D.D. Westbrook, uh, like incredibly talented player. You look at uh, his college dominator. He was uh, like 77th percentile according to player profiler. And the, the incredible thing is college yards per reception 19.190th percentile not only was yeah he was a field stretcher who did it all the time he was stretching the field every single play like that is like peak Deshaun Jackson level of you can make a giant impact on a game multiple times per game which is really that's the game changer is like you know JJ Nelson very situational guy who Bruce Arians did a great job with in in Arizona every now and then who'd pop up and make a big play but really does he add that much to your team no peak Deshaun Jackson can swing the outcome of games on his own. And I think D.D. Westbrook has that potential. 
And then, you know, they have other guys who can do the same on a less consistent basis like DJ Chart. So for me, I actually think that this offense has like a really high upside relative to what we're expecting from basically the history of Jacksonville. All right. Let's get to the uh, the Tennessee Titans. They are over-under is also at eight wins, but it's minus 145 on the under. They are plus 650 to win the division, plus 250 to make the playoffs, 32 to 1 to win the AFC, and 90 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So you obviously don't like this team, even though they've won nine nine games the past three years. Tell me why. I think their division just has gotten better and better. When you look at, uh, I don't think they, you probably have never had a healthy Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson play in this division together for even close to a full season because last year we, last year would have been the first year. And then the year before that and the year before that is we've never had two talented quarterbacks play together in this division. Plus Nick Foles, I think this will be the best division they play in, in what, the past five years if Andrew Luck gets healthy. I think there is a good chance they get like one to two division wins. And really, that's where the biggest concern comes. I just don't see them being able to take major games off of these guys. And then I don't think their I don't think their offense is set up to win in the modern NFL. They just want to grind Derrick Henry to dust and not throw the ball. So I think it more comes down to I actually I like Marcus Mariota coming out of college, and I still think I I still kind of like him. But I don't think they want to utilize really the passing weapons they have. They just want to grind Derrick Henry into a powder. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing is that their defense is what carried them last year. And again, like they faced Josh Allen, Eli Manning, Josh Johnson, Josh McCown, basically every Josh in football, uh, Blake Bortles, Joe Flacco, Cody Kessler and Ryan Tannehill last year. So this year, much, much tougher, uh, you know, quarterback schedule. Their non-divisional games, they have to see Mahomes, Drew Brees, Baker, Philip Rivers. Lost, 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 lost. And Matt Ryan. So Lost. Yeah, they, they're going to need their offense to do more this year. And I'm actually a little bit optimistic that they can do that. Like, I'm very down on Matt LaFleur. I think that he's uh, shown that he's not a very good coach. Uh, but the thing is, we don't know anything about the new guy. So uh, he's been in Tennessee for a really long time. Who knows what kind of offense he really wants to run. I would love to see, you know, a more modern NFL offense from the Titans. And I do think that if they did that, this team could surprise people for like the 18th straight year. But if they're committed to, you know, just running, you know, turning Derrick Henry into dust, like you said, uh, I don't see good things coming for them. So I'll sell the Titans as well, but not as, not as, uh, you know, aggressively as you're doing. That's fine. We're on the same side of this. Just uh, I really I, I just think the way they want to run their offense will not work in the NFL. And when you look at uh, I actually think the the success of Derrick Henry last year down the stretch will end up hurting them because I forget we talked about this with another team. But when you see wrong process lead to correct results, it affirms your belief that you can do it the wrong way. You can't win in the NFL by grinding Derrick Henry down. You just can't win by running the ball. It doesn't really make a large impact on the game. And last year, they actually they beat the Colts late in the season, and then they went on to beat the Texans late in the season. Also notched a win against Jacksonville late in the season. Uh, that, that had to be the Derrick Henry explosion game, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, like, there's just a, it's a, there's like a, a good chance that they think that they have gotten the key to success, and uh, they, they probably probably don't. Right. We were talking about that with uh, with 
my favorite team and my favorite offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer in Seattle. So That's right. They think that they've got the key to success. And to be fair, they have the quarterback to do it. Do you think – so this is kind of what this hinges on. Do you think Marcus Mariota is a good player? Because if he is really that good, um, I can – if he is what I thought he was coming out of college because he had an incredible profile coming out of college, I thought he could he could do it. But uh, it, it hasn't – he hasn't shown it so far. Marcus Mariota is terrible. I'm sorry. Like, I loved him too coming out of Oregon. He is just not good. I mean, he's hurt all the time. Last year is a tough one to measure him on because even when he was playing, you know, like – he couldn't feel the ball in his hands. Like, I don't know. I don't think this guy is long for the NFL. Uh, and I do like Ryan Tannehill as a backup more than, you know, Blaine Gabbert last year. But it, eventually Tannehill's going to see the field for this team, right? Like, it's just going to happen. It feels that way. And I'd like to make a correction. That was their schedule two years ago. Last year, a uh, different amount of success. They went up. Uh, Four and one in their final games, including uh, – and then before that, they beat New England. They lost those two division games, but they beat New England. They beat Jacksonville in the, in the blow-up game. They beat a bunch of bad teams other than that. But it, it's, it still has that appearance of we did the wrong thing and it worked. They're going to they're gonna do the wrong thing again. And I, I think I'm ready to give up my Marcus Mariota love. I'm more hesitant than you, but uh, most of what he's shown on the field is that he's like a timid game manager. Yeah, and uh, I will go out on the limb and say that this team will be less than 4-1 and one to close the season this year. Their closing five games are away Colts, away Raiders, home Texans, home Saints, away Texans. They could get a win in there. They could beat the Raiders. <laughs> they could beat the Raiders, <laughs> but I don't think they're winning four of those games. No, not a chance. I am selling all of them, uh, and your hate for Marcus Mariota you being someone whose opinion I trust, I I don't even know. Like I, That was my one reason to like them, is that like I used to like Marcus Mariota. I'm fine with backing off that very weakly held stance. Full-on sell this team. They're, they're bad. They're not good. <laughs> let's, let's move into something more fun. Let's move into props. Love me some props. Let's start with... Uh, I want to start with the receivers, because I think that there are some interesting options here. Um, you know, you said you love D.D. Westbrook. I love D.D. Westbrook. Uh, I think that there's a chance, you know, he could potentially lead the league in receptions. Is that a crazy stance to have? I I want to say, yes. I want to say, oh, it's it's just, like, he hasn't really done anything in his career so far. Like, he hasn't done anything to make you think he could lead the league in receptions. But his college profile does, that this could be a more pass-heavy offense does, and, uh, like, uh, what are the odds? Give me the odds, baby. I'm trying to find them. I can only find receiving yards at the moment. Okay, so while you do that, uh, I have his individual player props. Um, 765 yards on my bookie and four and a half touchdowns. Uh, the, the people have slammed the over on touchdowns, apparently. Minus 145 on the juice. No no significant juice on... It's minus 115 over 765. That feels like... Um, I don't want to say Kyler Murray level of locks, but I love that. Yeah, I'm a fan as well. Uh, apparently, you can't bet on them to lead the league in receptions. But you can <laughs> they get a, knew you were coming. You can get 150 to one on him to lead the league in receiving yards. Uh, See, the thing is, he well, the thing is, if he is leading the league in receptions, and given how much he's used as a deep threat, how does he not lead the league in receiving yards? Like he would I have think, to greatly I think a lot of his targets. I think a lot of his targets are going to be close to the line of scrimmage or closer to the line of scrimmage this year. Um, I, I'm going, if you look at the, the preseason game yesterday, 
Nick Foles, I want to say that he he threw like 11 passes and seven of them were to Westbrook. Like he is just going to pepper Westbrook with targets this year. Yeah, those numbers sound right. I think it was it was uh, like seven targets or something crazy. But uh, I will say that uh, I I think if you think he has any chance to lead the league in receptions, you have to be slamming his his uh, lead the league in receiving yards because something uh, Josh Hermsmeyer, you know, friend of friend of Rotovis, friend of anyone who likes numbers, has shown is that receivers are really the the players who own their a dot. And I am confident that D.D. Westbrook's college profile, as opposed to last year, his dot is what he truly is as like an incredible deep threat. Last year, he actually had a pretty low dot, But I think that there's a good chance that we see that get hiked up. So for me, I think uh, you would you say his odds were you can get one hundred and fifty to one on him. I'm not putting a lot down because I think it's a long shot. Yeah. But that's plus value in my mind. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the company that he is like D.K. Metcalf is one hundred and fifty to one. No. Hollywood Brown is 150. No, I don't think he's going to play the first game. <laughs> uh, you know, Michael Gallup is 175 to one. He's like in the in the ballpark of guys who might not sniff like 600 yards this year. Yeah, that's a receiver two on a run first offense, and he's the receiver one on I don't want to say a pass first offense, but trending in the right direction of pass. That's like, yeah, just look at who he's around. His company is he's he's way outclassing them. Yeah. All right. So let's now that we got that out of the way, let's go back to quarterbacks. Um, you know, do you like Andrew Luck here? We're it's again, it's tough to to really uh, hammer these Colts and Andrew Luck props, but you can get him at seven to one to lead the league in passing yards. Uh, your boy Deshaun Watson, forty five to one to lead the league in passing yards. Uh, and then we don't really figure the other two guys in this division to really make any noise here, but you can get ah. Foles at a hundred to one. Don't Mariota even make an No, that's no. Uh, I don't know if I like Deshaun Watson passing yards, but uh, what are his touchdown odds? Because he's been a prolific touchdown thrower. And you said how easy their schedule was last year and how much it switched. They are going to have to compete in shootouts every single week this season because they play a ton of great offenses. Last year, they played like the worst offenses you could possibly imagine. You can't dream of worse offenses than Blaine Gabbert and Cody Kessler. You cannot make up a worse offense. Now they get, you know, Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they're going to have to score points if they want to contest with these teams. They are going to be throwing so much more. And uh, I, I think he will throw a lot of touchdowns. What is it? What are his touchdown odds? Give me the numbers. 18 to one you can get on him for most regular season passing touchdowns. Uh, what is that in terms of rank among quarterbacks? It's outside the top 10. Um, yeah, Mahomes, I'll take that. Mahomes is obviously the favorite at three to one. Yeah. Uh, Rogers and Luck, seven to one. Matt Ryan is nine to one. And then there are a host of guys, you know, somewhere from 12 to 16 to one. So Deshaun Watson at 18 to one is tied with Kirk Cousins. Uh, that's criminal. <laughs> that's, I, I even like Kirk Cousins more than you do. And that is a joke. I would, I like those odds. I think, uh, another one I'm looking at here is Deshaun Watson passing yards on my bookie is at 4,075. That's they put up the wrong line. Someone's got to call them. But before, <laughs> if you're listening to the show, I'll Don't wait call them. them. Just bet it. Uh, 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 they're a friend of the show. They sponsor the show. We got to look out for them. But I'll call them in like a week or two. We'll get our money on it, and then I'll make sure nobody else gets it. <laughs> uh, so that's like a, a slam the over. He beat that last year, and obviously, in the small sample of games he played his rookie year, he would have crushed that too. Now they have to. They'll have to pass more because they don't get to play Cody Kessler. That's like a. Uh, 
you know, he has to stay healthy for like what, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 games. Yeah, I mean, and the real the real thing you want to bet is Deshaun Watson to win the MVP at 20. This is such a good bet. That's I was looking at the same one. I was waiting for you to bring it up. But uh, he has uh, that sort of star power narrative to him that we talk about that doesn't really factor in anywhere else but MVP, where he can throw a lot of touchdowns. He can take over a game. He can run, run for a lot of touchdowns, which not many of the MVP players this year have the potential to do so. Just when you look at, like, uh, Andrew Luck, probably not rushing much anymore in his career. Russell Wilson, not winning it anyways because he's Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, any of the old quarterbacks, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, not rushing. He could put up realistically four, five, or six rushing touchdowns, and that could really sway his odds to win. I, I think this is – he should be, like, top five or six. I would totally agree with that. You know, we the, the offense for the Texans is Deshaun Watson. Like, even their running backs now are just, they're there to catch passes and block for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> That's, you know, like, Duke Johnson is not somebody who you're going to want to give the ball to, like, 15, 20 times a game on the ground. And Lamar Miller is somebody you want to give the ball, like, even less than that. Like, I, I'm so ready for Lamar Miller to just be done. All right. See, I kind of like Lamar Miller. Good I know you him. do. Rotoviz loves Lamar Miller, and I don't understand it. It's it's mostly uh mostly uh the best ball crowd over there. We we're just like yeah he'll outperform his ADP. We're uh we're like a, a mutual fund. We're just like yeah we'll outperform expectations. Give me well, give me Duke Johnson over Lamar Miller. I mean Duke's probably a better player, and I do like the addition of what he actually adds to this team in terms of like if you were to add a running back who can bring value to a team in terms of win losses, as opposed to you know we talk about fantasy often at Rotoviz. I actually like what he can add. I hope it just gears them towards passing more because I I love Duke Johnson. All right, this could also be an interesting division for the rushing yard crown. Uh, right now, you have Derrick Henry at 12-1. to 1. We mentioned that uh, we think the Titans are going to make him a true bell cow this year. So that could be an interesting, but he is one of the favorites. Uh, I personally would rather take my money and put it on Leonard Fournette at 28-1. to 1. Uh, What do you think about either of those? Maybe Marlon Mack deserves some attention. He's no, he also 12-1. to 1. Uh, I would, I think Leonard Fournette is like you, if you get a healthy 16 or we'll call it 15 out of Leonard Fournette, uh, this is an offense that despite trending past still has invested so much into him. Like the, the team as a whole has invested so much into him. And now when you look at his backups, I think TJ Yeldon is like a solid player. I don't think he's that bad when he, when he has gotten the chance, he's done well. They do not, they have, well, they have, do you know who they have? Alfred Blue. Of course they have Alfred Blue. And I think Thomas Rawls. There is, they are not getting any production out of their backups. So he could be the player who leads the league in percentage of, uh, like, market share percentage of rushing yards uh, on his team. Like, that is without a doubt. And Blake Bortles is actually a pretty competent rusher. I think he's gone over 50 rush attempts in basically every single season in the NFL. And he's one of the only players to, to do that. So, like, he takes up a decent amount of plays by rushing the ball. So I think some of that can be geared towards him. I think there's a lot of ways that Leonard Fournette can make up the odds on this pretty easily, as opposed to Derrick Henry, where I just don't think, like, this offense will be good enough. He's not going to have these 200-yard games that just, like, fade the highest variance outcomes, which last year was Derrick Henry, and buy, you know, someone who's actually set up to be more successful in Leonard Fournette. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's talk, let's talk, uh, interceptions. (laughs) Anybody in this division that, uh, that tickles your fancy here? 
You got Watson, it looks like, checks in with the highest odds at 22 to 1. Um, Luck, you can get at 33 to 1. Mariota, 33 to 1. Foles, 33 to 1. Um, no, Mariota's not playing a full season. Um, Foles, eh, no. I, I think the problem for me is there are guys outside of the division. Uh, I'm looking at you, Jameis Winston, but I also think maybe like Ben Roethlisberger has some value here um, that I'd, I'd much rather have. It's just that I, I think like when you look at Watson's first year, that 3.9 interception rate, even though he brought it down last year, I think that gives you some, I don't want to call it optimism because you don't want to see a guy throw interceptions. But if you have this bet, uh, sure. But uh, not in this division, really. Yeah, nobody in this division combines the, you know, the volume and the stink. Yes, exactly. That's what we want. The stinky, stinky volume. And that's that's not in this division. They actually have they either have low volume guys in this division or good players, like right. really good players is the problem. And Jameis Winston, I don't know if he's a good player or not, but he loves throwing interceptions. All right. Any other props here that you've noticed that, that tickle uh, your fancy? I want to find Derrick Henry rushing touchdown totals because I've seen it at some books and I'm I'm just all the short Derrick Henry. Give me all fade Derrick Henry. I'll find uh, we'll settle for rushing yards right now if I can find him. Uh, oh, I don't see any don't... Derrick Henry props on my bookie, but I'm sure they're out there somewhere. That's the beautiful thing about the internet. Uh, also, I believe my bookie you can just make uh, make your own props in season. They have yes. like a prop builder. Yep. Uh, just like every time the the Titans, which should be pretty often, are in like projected to be negative game script. Just fade Derrick Henry, either because it's because they're playing a good team who will probably be able to shut this whole team down, or it's because they'll have to pass a lot. Uh, you know, it, either they stick with the run and it doesn't work, or they finally try to score points and they have to pass to do that. It just seems like the the outs on Derrick Henry unders are high. Good, good amount of outs there for that. All right, so uh, in summation here, we are we're bullish on the Texans, particularly to win the division at plus three fifty. We're bullish on the Deshaun Watson props. We're bullish on Day Day Westbrook, and uh, we are holding on the Colts because we just don't know what to do with them right now with Andrew Luck. Um, and we're short on Titans. Yeah, we're shorting the Titans. You're shorting them harder than I am, but we are shorting them, uh, and we're giving a slight over to the Jaguars at eight. So. You know, TLDR, if you just fast forward it to the end, that's sort of where we're at here. Um, I want to thank my bookie again for, for being the sponsor of the show. Sign up at my bookie, use promo code ROTOVIZ, double your deposit up to $1,000. Uh, for Kyle, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here, I am Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in. the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop and as you lift that first forkful to your mouth you savor the moment 
to get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing.